Arizona sports, the local sports leader. He played tackle in the NFL for more than a decade. Matt Starks. Matt Starks. Maximum Football. Brought to you by Carol Royce, Keller Williams Realty East Valley. Get more money selling your home. Go to higherprice.com. That's higherprice.com. Please welcome, from the University of Florida, tackle Max Starks. Max Starks is here, which means it's Maximum Football, which means it's Wednesday. Max. That's right. Got time. Got the now pressing question in front of the Cardinals. I wasn't looking for confirmation on what day of the week it was, although you know me well enough to know that I usually am, actually. Yeah. <laughs> but in this case, I knew. We're midday now, Luke, so we don't have to worry about that early morning. That's like, right. is the sun, which way is it? Is this night or day? We don't have to question that. It sounded like Jared Goff every time Max and I did a show <laughs> filling in on the morning. We're like, hey, where's the sun rising? Yeah. Um, all right, so Kyle Vandenbosch was on with Bickley and Murata yesterday, and they talked to him about, okay, here you are. I mean, yeah, the season's over. Everybody's hurt, except there's still four more games. <laughs> and uh, and so he talked about how you find motivation. He said, look, I've been in this position before. How do you find motivation? Because you got a game against Denver now on Sunday. I signed the Detroit Lions. Um, at the time, they were in a rebuild. And my first season there, we started out 2-10. and ten. And you've got to find a reason to keep playing. And it's not just about pride. It's not just about your next contract. Like, you've got to bring some team aspects into it. And Coach Schwartz, my head coach at the time, got everybody in the room and said, look, we've got four games left. We're going to uh, move forward. Like, we need three out of these four last games to get into the playoffs because next year we're going to be sitting in these seats and that's the situation we're going to be in. So we're going to prepare like we need to win three games to get to the playoffs. We're going to practice like it. We're going to study film. We're going to game plan like we need three out of these last four. And it's, it's probably silly. It's probably something that, you know, a lot of players rolled their eyes at. But as a team, we want our last four games. We've ended up 6-10 and 10, and we carried that into the next season. We carried that attitude into the next season. Like, you know, late in the season, we're going to use those late season games to get into the playoffs. And we, that next season, we went 10-6. Max, you weren't on very many bad teams, were you? I'm not, setting you not, up. Not that bad, no. Okay. <laughs> but I mean, yeah, I'm sure. Question. I don't want to hear it. <laughs> I, I don't want to hear it. It's high school. It's high school. Oh, stop it. Freshman, sophomore year. All right, that's fine. <laughs> I found two teams. I found you, had, you asked, have I? And I answered your question very politely, sir, and respectfully. How many games? <laughs> Turn his microphone <laughs> off. You think you played in the NFL where the playoffs were not a possibility? Like, can you count you, on. You, at what point were they not yeah, possibly right. yeah. that's the question I mean most yeah. of the season you were always in it right yeah. yeah yeah I mean it was like it would be like week 15 you'd find out hey we're, we're probably not going to make it I mean both years after the Super Bowls right <laughs> you this jerk. comes in here with the Super Bowl rings <laughs> and his winning seasons <laughs> Listen, guys, I'm just trying to answer these questions and be a great third wheel here so right dumb. now. Um, I don't appreciate the sarcasm that is being. I, that was not any me. sarcasm. The, 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 the vitriol that I'm feeling right now. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that's not your feeling yeah. correctly. Exactly. Um, I'm saying words and people are getting offended. <laughs> I mean, honestly, right now, I listening to Kyle, um, I, I'm not discounting anything that he said. Heed my words and hear them well on that. Um, but I will say this. I I never, and I don't think I was alone in this regard, but I never looked at one game as more important than the other. 
I never did. Now, maybe that's because I was never in that situation where you were saying, this game, if we win this game, we're going to be into the postseason. But I was playing in games that we were alive in September and October. (laughs) We were alive. But here's a question also. In September, you have to I just, there are guys who don't change their approach. Is there, though? But, But if it's a rivalry type game. Right. Yeah, you know, once again, I I don't want to make it sound like we had a ton of those rivalry games out there. Oh, look, it's the St. Louis Cardinals. Run for your life, right? You don't seem to like the Cowboys. Yeah, you don't like the Cowboys. I don't like the Cowboys. That's true. Um, Uh, I don't know if they would consider that to be a rivalry. Um, You know, maybe the Bears, maybe the NFC, for not being in the same division. Why are we going down this road? Yeah, okay, I'm sorry. Why are we talking about this? Anywho, okay, so I'll answer the question. Go out and Play your position, please. But, but, but Do I, your job. But here's the thing I think, Wolf. Um, you know, I thought, you know, like Kyle said, like, how do you finish out the last four games of a season that you know does not end in the playoffs? And simply put, it's we want to put things in place for next year. Like, mm-hmm. if, if I leave the house in the morning and I know I'm going to be gone all day, I want to make the bed because when I come home, I want to see that there's a freshly made bed when I get home. If you're going to end this season, why leave the bed unmade? And then come back next year to, you know, next season or when you come back and you're still looking at an unmade bed. It's like, mm-hmm. it's like when you go on a trip and you don't want to come back to like just a total yeah. mess of a house. I, I don't want to see dishes in the dish, oh, you yeah. know, in the sink. And no, I've been I, gone oh, that, for that is yeah, exactly. That's bad. But, that, but, that, like but, that. but that's the mentality you should have with finishing out the season. Like we're getting ready to walk out the door. I want to make sure my house is in order, make sure everything's cleaned up yeah. and that we put our best foot forward sure. at the end of the year. So that last impression doesn't linger till the next season. And I felt like this season, it lingered from last season. It lingered from the L.A. Rams loss. That's a good point. We always yeah. hear so much about how, well, you can't carry anything over from one season to the next anyway. Man, it sure felt like they carried over that Rams loss to this season. They did. And, and then the offseason also kind of mimicked that. It was awkwardness and weirdness in the offseason, which then leads into this season as inconsistency. Mm. And you don't really have a system in place. But what you do have is an opportunity to make that bed before you leave, mm-hmm. to get up, get out. Hey, it's the off season, but when I come back, I have something to look forward to. Man, remember last year? Where man, do you how think that? It? Where do you think that that responsibility? Team where leaders. Does it lie? That's team leaders, and then and, and then looking inside. Like at the end, we talk about self motivation. You know, yeah. If it's a contract, yes. Is it another year? Yes. Is it is it some type of reward? Okay, cool, but. Pride has to so kick you're in talking there about, your team leaders. Yeah, you're talking about captains. You're talking about guys, talking about whether captains, they're wearing the leaders. or not. You're talking about guys, players. Yeah. You yep. got my attention on that. Because I... Well, hey, I can't trust the head coach to do that, but <laughs> because there's just well, certain guys that can't do, you do you it. Want yeah. Guys, I know. Yeah, but, but but you usually want accountability I, matters, and I think also because of where I came from and the teams I was a part of, like that was already understood. Like you, when you walked into the locker room, 
Leader, leader, leader. You know exactly where they were. They were standing and accounted for. Yeah. I've also gone into other locker rooms where it's like, yeah. Whew, this is like the wild, wild west. Yeah, who's running this? You know, that was was my St. Louis Rams. Jeff Fisher, St. Louis Rams team. There you go. You look in there, I'm like, okay, it's going to be, no, it's not Sam Bradford. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there there was no, it was the youngest team in the league for like two years running. That's great. Guys fighting over what music was being played in the locker room. I was like, where the? Am I? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, it was a mental thing. I was this like, isn't Kansas anymore, exactly, Toto. Because I just came from Pittsburgh where I walked in my rookie year first day. Jerome Bettis is sitting right there, right? Joey Porter is right there. You have Alan Fanica. You have Jeff Hardy. You have all of these guys. Heinz Ward. You know who the leaders are and where yeah. the, and where they're I located from day one. Jerome. Yeah. <laughs> I, I blocked that. for him. Yes. Yeah. So I'm an I. old guy. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> wow. So we got to get Jerome on. Two guys that yeah, blocked for two Jerome. Two guys that wow. blocked for Jerome. Look at that. Uh, when you guys eventually start a podcast, that's what it'll be called. <laughs> two guys who blocked for Jerome. Yeah. You can only have guys Jerome's who blocked for Jerome. Jerome's posse. Jerome is awesome, man. Max, great stuff, man. Always man, good to have you My pleasure, man, always. Thanks a lot. Uh, the Bro. 2022 college football playoff semifinals coming to State Farm Stadium December 31st, featuring number two Michigan, number three TCU. They will square off for the first time ever in the Verbo Fiesta Bowl. So head to the contest page now on ArizonaSports.com for your chance to win a pair of tickets when we come back one foundation of last year's son's team is pretty clearly missing right now we'll tell you what it is next it's wolf and luke on arizona sports the local sports leader wolf and luke arizona sports the local sports leader to Max Starks, who just joined us there for the last hour of Maximum Football. We're going to flip back over to basketball. It's maximum Basketball in there, too, I guess, Wolf. Uh, you brought this up in your pre-show email, and I think it's a uh I think it's honestly a pretty astute point when you look at this this team, this Suns team, just over the last week and a half, two weeks. But um, but I think you could say on some level most of this season something's been a little bit off. But over the last week and a half, two weeks, how did you say it? Like, where's the swag with this team? Yeah, where's the swag, man? I, I just, it's so, it was so powerful. It was so in your face. It was so obvious last year watching this team play, how they went about their business. They were just dripping with swag. And it's one of the reasons why in the Maverick series, we are all so blindsided, absolutely blindsided by what happened because suddenly they're rolling. They won the first two games of that series and it looked like, oh my goodness, here it is. The Phoenix Suns once again, they're back. They're rolling in the postseason, and then they just hit Game 6 and Game 7, basically. You know, I would even go one step further than that. It it felt like all of last season, except that last week, obviously, and really maybe even back to, like, the bubble. It has felt like the Suns were in control most nights. And even when they lost, it was like, all right, you got us, we'll get you back. Last year last year was the epitome of that. When they lost a game, they openly said, yeah, we know we lost to them three months ago. Yeah. We had something for them tonight when they would come back and beat them by 30 the second time around. They didn't lose many games last year. It always felt like they were in control even when they lost a game of, okay, 
That's fine. That's fine. We'll, we'll get you next time. And they almost always did until that playoff series. This year, you're right. That swag doesn't seem to be there and they don't seem to be in control. And like last night, if you just, if you had never watched basketball before, you didn't know anything about the two teams, let's say, and you were just like, okay, you know, I'm, hey, I'm going to check out an NBA game. Yeah. You would have thought the Rockets were the good team and the Suns were the kind of like, yeah. oh, I hope we can play with these guys. Yeah, exactly. And it was interesting because just listening to Tom Chambers, I love Tommy. I listen to TC all the time, just like Eddie. We had Eddie Johnson on. I love their analysis for the most part. But Tommy, I wrote it down in my notes. He literally said they had no fight in the first half. <laughs> that was that was coming from TC. Now he would know. You know, I, he they played had, some basketball. They had no fight in the first half. And this is one of the things that uh, I think has been pretty consistent with this team over this, this bad stretch, this losing that they've encountered in this season. It just, they, they get into lulls where it doesn't look like they want to be on the floor. And this coming from the Phoenix Suns team that we, they lost. Loved playing basketball and especially playing basketball together. That was part of who they were last year. And I realized through 23 games, they were 16 and 7. I understand that. Um, and there were shades, no doubt, even though they were different. Um, even though they were trying different things and Monty Williams was trying different lineups and he was, he was adjusting the play time schedule. I understand all of that. He was doing that. They look different. Chris Paul, we're going to sit down Chris Paul and crunch time right here. Oh, we're going to sit him down after he got hurt. We're going to let that heal, that bruised heal. We're going to let that thing really heal. Maybe to a point where it's overkill and we're going to find out who we got here in campaign and how we're going to win games if, in fact, we lose Chris Paul in a playoff series. And I understood all of that. Um, Through the first 23 games, though, there were flashes of the Phoenix Suns from a year ago. But over the course of this six, seven-game period that we're examining right now, I'd go all the way back to December 2nd, the first game they played against the Rockets. Um... They haven't looked the same. They don't they, look the same. They, it's, it's just, and I know they don't that, look the same. As I say that, I remember saying that just to myself over and yeah, over again on right. the air after the loss to Dallas in Game Seven of like they just don't look like the Suns. But you know, you're right. They started the season fifteen and six, and then sixteen and uh, and seven. But going back to that sixteen point lead against Houston on December second, from that point on, Houston comes back and beats them. I know they beat San Antonio. Man, San Antonio is looking at Victor Wembanyama and nothing else. That is San Antonio's season. And then to lose the next five games and and really, I mean, what they were in the second New Orleans game. The other four of those five games, they were almost never really even in the games. This season right now, Wolf, is what I was worried last season was going to look like after they lost to the Bucks, mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Okay, we're up 2-0 in the finals. We lose the series. We lost the NBA finals. I don't care about the regular season. Get us back to the playoffs. That's what the season is now starting to look like. Of Okay, yeah, these games, they don't mean that much. Let's let's get going. You know, Talk to me in, in March and April. And I still am of that belief that the Suns will be fine in March and April. They clearly have to make a move or two. but And they got to get healthy. But at the same time, 
you are in a very competitive conference, and there are other yeah. teams that weren't supposed to be good this season, like Sacramento, that are kind of sneaking in there. Just enough to, yeah, you had a little bit of a, a, a slump, and you all of a sudden you went from being one or two to like six or seven. And there's a difference when you get below six. Here's Monty Williams uh, after the game last night. I mean, when you're plugging in guys who, you know, haven't played in those those moments, but I thought Biz gave us great energy defensively. He was diving hard, getting to the rim. Jock did the same thing, punishing their switches. But for the most part, you know, when you lose guys like that, yeah, it can affect your rhythm. You know, it'd be silly for me to sit up here and act like that doesn't have an effect on your team. Yeah, you know, I totally agree with what Monty is saying right there. The confidence, you know, um, swag is confidence, isn't it? It really is. And you guys know, you've listened to me over the years and you know it, but it's just the truth, man. When you go out and you compete, you want that confidence. And to see the Suns go out and look like a team that doesn't have that confidence Man, that is a weird sensation. It really is. We, we, we're talking three years of this now that yeah. we have seen this team go out and not only just be competitive, but go out and win. Win and to a point they're winning the first two games of the NBA Finals. On top of that, we saw a a team that didn't have swag for like ten years, or you know, whatever, yes. maybe five of those yes. years were. I mean, to the point where it became it became Man. a very tangible thing. When I've talked about this before, Kelly Oubre got here, brought some swag to the Suns, and and, and the. Not compared to that what they had last year. Individual swag, yes, right? But it, that but was an still, individual. It started to permeate the room, and it, it, it was nothing on the level of what we saw from this team last year because that was found founded in winning. But the you know the previous three, four, five, six, seven years before Ubre got here, the Suns were just kind of like a team on other teams' schedules, and so they're not there now, obviously. But you're right; we got used to we got used to a couple years of of being like the alphas in the entire NBA. Uh, other than the team that won the title. And, and, and now they just kind of look lost. You know, and, and I'm going to say it. Uh-oh. And yet you say it. And Jay Crowder, you say it. What do you think of? That's all their swag? Really? Come on. Jay Crowder Couldn't was the guy been. responsible no. for that? Jay Crowder, his toughness, his physicality, his defense. You're going to mess with my guy? It you builds, know what you're going to doesn't it build? You had Jay Crowder and you had JaVale McGee. I, and yes, you have Devin Booker who's got and you got Chris Paul he's out there. Smoldering too, right. I don't know, man. I it, it couldn't just be that. Right? Most of this year of the four guys we just named, just in terms of that sort of attitude, most of this year you've just had Booker. You don't have Crowder, you don't have McGee, you yeah. don't have you haven't had Chris Paul until just recently. Most of the season, in terms of that attitude, you really have just had Booker. Bunch of nice guys. Yeah. <laughs> nice guys finish second in the NBA Finals. Isn't that the old uh, saying? Texas, your thoughts on the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. We come back. The Coyotes, on a nice little run, ended up losing last night, but playing pretty good hockey and back at Mellon Arena on Friday. We're going to talk to their head coach, Andre Turney. He will join us next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. This is the Coyote Coaches Show with Wolf and Luke.
Last night, at least in terms of uh, Arizona time, started 8.30 here. Lost to the Sharks 3-2, but that was at the end of a two-game winning streak that uh, Wolf included them beating the best team in hockey, the Boston Bruins, on Friday night. Oh, God. We're joined right now on the Arizona Sports Line by the Coyotes head coach, Andre Turney. Uh, Bear, thanks for the time. As always, I, I, I got to think you feel pretty good about the way your team's been playing uh, ever since that Edmonton game. Yeah, absolutely. I think we... We did a lot of good things. We were happy to be back home, so I think the, those performances as well were, were welcome. I think that's always good to perform in front of your fans. And uh, yesterday in San Jose was not uh, was not as good. Maybe we feel a little bit of fatigue right now, but uh, I think I, I'm happy to to say that our player found a way out of home in front of our fans too find a second gear. So, Bear, I want to go back to the Bruins game, uh, beating the best team in the National Hockey League. What did you say to your guys after that game? What did you say to them? Well, we talked... You know, we, we tried to stay level, you know. We uh, we did a lot of good things in that game. We were happy about our performance. But at the same time, we need to move on and be ready for the next game. So that's, uh, that's a pro sport. So you, you cannot... Uh, you cannot kind of beat yourself up on the bad game and you cannot be too high as well in the good game. So we review what we did good. Obviously, we were we were happy about our performance. We did a lot of good things in that game, but we made sure as well to bring a, a few points where we're looking to to improve, to to be able to sustain our our result. Talking to Coyotes head coach Andre Turney, sticking with that Bruins game, Bear, you guys got outshot 46-16. to 16. That doesn't always tell the whole story, and you had some interesting comments after the game. And I think anybody watching that game didn't really think it was as lopsided as those shots would indicate. How ha- happy were you with your with your collective team defense in front of Amelka in that game? Well, I was happy, honestly. We, uh, Veg is a big part of it. We're, we don't kid ourselves. He's, uh, he's an elite goalie, and he's really good for us. But, uh, on the same time, I think the Bruins were a huge challenge for us, and our guys battled really hard. So uh, we, we, we knew uh, how Boston tried to create their offense. They're, they make a lot of seam play. They, they make a lot of uh, pass across in the zone. So we were ready for it. Veggie was ready for it, and we end up with a great performance from our goalie and a good collective performance for everybody else trying to help him. So, Bear, last night against the Sharks, you got down early in this one. Um, did you think your team was ready to play in that first period? Uh, we, no, we, we didn't play really well, to be honest. I think uh, the, there, there's many things. We were, in, we were trying to uh, maybe to do too much at some point with the, with the puck instead to just... Um, get it deep and grind a little bit. So we we want to play a possessing uh, possession game, but uh, sometimes you need to just just take what is given. And uh, in that game, we were we were not that good to do that. So I think that will be a good lesson for us, and uh, will be uh, something we need to do better moving forward. Coyotes head coach Andre Turney joining us right now on the Arizona Sports Line. Coach Matias Michelli is number two among all rookie uh, scorers in the entire National Hockey League, only behind Matty Beniers of Seattle. Uh, me, you know, he's been out of the lineup a couple times this season. Where have you seen him improve? Just in, not not just the points, but his all all around game. I think he improved a lot. He's, Michelli's a really good kid. He wants he wants to do great. I think uh, he. 
he get in trouble when he try to do too much. It, it sounds simple, uh, and it is, but at the same time, it is compete level. When when you're a competitor, uh, you you want to do great every time you touch a puck. And Shelly has to understand sometimes, it's, it's a little bit like our team yesterday, what we were saying earlier. You know, sometimes the game doesn't give you anything. You need to just remain patient, put the puck deep, go to work. And sometimes those, those talented players, they, they are so competitive, they, they want to create every time, every time they touch a puck. And it's not possible. So I think uh, Shelly grow this year he learned uh, NHL it's not like uh, it's not like junior or AHL uh, you, have, you have to accept some night instead to have four or five scoring chances you may have one or you may not have any on that night and it's okay it's just you need to grind it out and be patient and be a good part for the team even if you don't necessarily generate offense you cannot be every night you cannot saying every night I will generate offense that's that's not realistic that's not the NHL so Chelly learned a lot but at the same time he's a, he's a good player and he's a great kid he wants to learn he wants to be better so he's fun to coach you know it's amazing uh, I was watching the game of course last night Lawson Kraus scored his 13th yeah. goal and it was the first goal of course a power play goal Lawson Kraus yeah. standing in in front of the net and it reminded me bear so much of Phil Esposito <laughs> right? I just do you see any similar I'm not saying he's going to be Phil Esposito but do you see bar. any similarities between those two guys you know Crosser is a He's a big guy who can do uh, pretty much everything on the ice. You know, he, he uh, he's a really good skater, powerful skater. He's a guy who can fight, who can score goal, who is a really good competitor. So Phyllis Busto was a little wasn't like that. He was a guy who, who could do it all on the ice. So uh, I don't know if uh, it's it's not easy with with the time and the hockey change and the game change. It's yeah. tough to compare guys from different area but uh, I understand what you're saying and I don't disagree there's a Stuff would look look like he scored an awful lot of goals, Bill Esposito, yep. on the doorstep. Yes, he did. Yes, exactly. And in many ways, you know, he was a complete player. Uh, Bear Clayton Keller gets his first career hat trick. He finishes it in overtime on Sunday to beat the Flyers. And you know, he's he's obviously had a really good career up until the last two years, but he has taken off a little bit the last two years. And some of it is he just seems more willing to shoot. Did you guys ever have to talk to him and be like, "Look, dude, I know you're a playmaker, but shoot the puck." Yeah, he, he, it, that's a that's a daily thing with Cal's. You know, he wants to to be a playmaker. He wants to make play, and I, we like that. It's 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 a good thing. But at the same time, you need to just take what is given. Sometimes, sometimes you have a, you you need to respect the game and a little bit. Like I, I repeat myself, but yesterday was a little bit our our kind of a problem as a team where we were trying to create out of nothing and it's the same sometimes when you have guys like Gals who, who wants to make play every time they touch the puck but sometimes there is no play that the next play is just to 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 put the puck at the net or to put it deep depending about the, the situation so Gals is is getting more mature now he's he's a he's a young leader in our team and he understand more those 
those part of the game and that patience he needs to have. You know, three, five, and two in your last ten games right now. What is your point of emphasis? Are there any common denominators in the last ten games that you continue to harp on or talk to your guys about, Bear? Well, you know, to be honest, with the schedule we had, what the toughest part was to to have have stuff to work on where we can practice. You know, we, we cannot practice. We don't have any practice time. So that that created a challenge for us. And uh, I think now we're looking forward. We'll have a practice tomorrow, which which will be great. And we're looking forward to, to build a, as a team, to build a, a few details in our game. And that will be that will be more than welcome. I think that will be great. So there's not, to answer your question, there's nothing really specific we're working on right now. We're, we try to maintain stuff we worked since the beginning of the season. We, we work a lot on, on our offense lately, trying to, to uh, generate offense from situation where we we don't really have a, a, a clean shot or a clear opportunity so we we work at that a lot lately bear we appreciate the time as always good luck against the islanders on friday all right thank you guys have a great day thanks bear you too that's coyote said coach andre tourney joining us right there on the arizona sports line that that is one thing and i know they didn't start the game well last night wolf but what he was saying about the uh, the matchup with boston and kind of just knowing what the bruins the bruins have lost four games mm-hmm. all year, uh and now one of them's to the coyotes this team always looks prepared for their opponent with with uh, bear as the coach that's one of the reasons why i asked him about the sharks and the yeah. fact they got off to a two nothing lead you know and they didn't look ready to me in that first period and that's an odd thing to watch yeah there there are nights where, you know they're still in a rebuild mode where you'll see some the play edmonton and edmonton's got connor mcdavid and it's like okay maybe he got outmatched early but for the most part they seem to know what is coming they're, they don't they don't tend to get surprised boston's on a tear this year all right we come back final segment of the show we'll hear a little bit from Colt McCoy and another weird twist in the Eno Benjamin saga that is the 2022 season that's next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. the best parts about this time slot is we get the, uh, the Cardinals audio right as it's happening coming out of practice. Before I play anything, though, from Colt McCoy, Cliff Kingsbury today, Wolf, I'm going to read you this, uh, this quote. Aaron Wilson, who works for KPRC in, uh, in Houston, okay, covers the Houston Texans, right? Okay. This is a quote he just tweeted out a little bit earlier today. Lovey Smith on cutting Eno Benjamin, all right, because the Texans let Eno go. Yeah. Quote, we just thought we needed to go in a different direction. We'll leave it at that. Sometimes divorce is a good thing. Unquote. <gasps> wow. Really? What is happening? He, divorce? Why the, um, the, the secrecy again? I, I don't know what to say about it. I really don't. This is, it, it's getting freaky. I... I, I, have you met Eno Benjamin? Yeah, I mean, we can I can we I have tell interviewed you? him in person at least four times. Okay, can I tell you right now? He's one of the um, most affable dudes I've been around. Seriously, seriously, I I honestly cannot even believe it, man. I'm thinking about Eno Benjamin right now, and I'm going all the way back to his rookie year, where Cliff intimated to us all he was in the doghouse. Remember that? Yeah. 
actually use that terminology. He was in the doghouse, and, and we were like, what, what are you talking about? Well, he just didn't prepare the way. You know, I don't, I always just I don't know what to say, by a rookie. Man. I don't know what to say about it. I really don't. It's... Mind number. It, it is because it's it's not it's not for me an ASU thing anymore. Like I wanted to see the guy do well. I thought he was as I've said before. I thought he was one of the most NFL prepared running backs I have ever seen come out of ASU. And obviously he goes to the Cardinals. Okay, so everybody here has sort of um, a vested interest in it. But you're right, just the personality wise, because that seems to be what's being called into question now. This is two teams Divorce, that have let him go though, to use that terminology. Uh, first of all, you know how, how long has he been a Texan? A couple weeks. I mean, <laughs> you know, divorce. Uh, That's a fast divorce. Wow. We'll leave it at that. What you guys dating? Eh? That's that's the action. That line that stood out to me was, "We'll leave it at that." In the middle of it, like, yeah, we're not we're not talking about letting Eno go. Like, didn't the Cardinals just say we're not talking about letting yeah. Eno go? Yeah. I don't get man, it. Man, I Eno, man. Wow. I, I mean, I don't like profess to know the guy, but yes, we have interviewed him in person quite a bit. We've uh, I've, I've covered him when he was at ASU. His teammates all seem to like him. He's talented enough to play in the National Football League and have a career, a ten year career in the NFL. Man, and Houston doesn't have any running backs right now either. Like Damian Pierce is hurt. They're going with Rex Burkhead. It seems like if, if Pierce is not able to go, like this, that was an opening to play in these final four. I don't know. I don't know what's going on. Obviously, um, and Hard Knocks, uh, totally unrelated, is uh, is on tonight. And they obviously, aren't going to show what happened in Houston with Eno. But just so you know, Hard Knocks is tonight. Uh, Colt McCoy speaking to the uh, media today, and he was asked, "Okay, here you go. Four weeks. Is the offense any different under you than it is when Kyler's out there?" No, I mean. I think I think the biggest thing for us is, um, again, I mentioned it, just execution, right? They're like how how we're going to block up front, what, how we're IDing the run game, our splits, our alignments, just the, the the little details. Like we can get all those right. Like we'll move the ball. That is, you know what, I love that, the confidence of Colt McCoy right there. You know what, hey, listen, if we can do the the small things, if we can get those splits right, if we can pay attention to detail, we're going to move the ball. We're going to do that. Um, you know, this is this is some of the stuff that I think Colt McCoy is saying to his teammates throughout the week. It's all week long, and I think this is another area where, once again, Kyler Murray has benefited in regard to Colt McCoy and watching Colt McCoy and listening to Colt McCoy and how he goes about his business. Um, This is one of the major benefits of Colt McCoy, and it's the reason why he'll be back next year, in my opinion, and he'll be on this team, period. Uh, This one's a little bit longer from Colt, but talking about Kyler Murray and how the team now has to move on. I spend more time with him than I do with my kids, right? So, I mean, we're close, like we're we're in the room together, and I just I feel for him. Like I've been through it. A lot of guys have. You play football long enough, this this kind of stuff happens. You don't ever want to happen happen to you. Um, and you know, I think Kyler has a good support staff around him. I'll certainly be there for him throughout this process, and we want him to be back as soon as possible. But I want him to get healthy, and you know, so balancing that and also. So, you know, getting myself ready to play, like, 
uh, I'm grateful for the opportunity, and, and there's a great group of guys in there. We're not in the situation that we want to be in, right? But there's some high-character guys in there, and, you know, I think it's my job and, and a lot of the leaders on this team's job to, you know, get us all in the right mind and the right just ready to go play this game and play out the rest of the season and treat it like professionals and understand that the ball hasn't bounced our way this year but when we do things right we, we're disciplined and we're you know we don't shoot ourselves in the foot like we're a good football team let's go do that and you know i think that for me that's the focus there it is right there too you know what yeah you know what be a pro be a pro this is the one thing I was talking about to Max Starks when he was in here as well. For Maximum Football, the one thing I was talking to him about. But this football team's never lost Exactly. I know. Don't get me started <laughs> on that one once again. But it's so true, man. Just be a pro. Nobody needs to get you ready to play in a game except yourself. Okay, now maybe at the high school level, yeah, I get that, okay? Maybe you're you're prone to wander from time to time. I was certainly prone to wander from time to time. Even in college, prone to wander time to time. But when you're in the National Football League, I'm sorry, dude. This is this is this is how you are paying your bills. This is a great opportunity, and if you can't get yourself up to play in one of these games and prepare, give all that you have to play in one of these games, you got a problem. You're the problem. Uh, real quick update on Zach Allen from Cliff. I just said he had surgery today. That's all I know, and he'll be out this week. Great. All right, that'll do it for us here today. <laughs> Thanks to uh, Jesse Morrison, oh Lauren Koval behind the glass. Uh, for Wolf, I'm Luke. We got Burns and Gambo coming up next right here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Peace and strength.